Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's the WNR 447, it's WWE Crown Jewel 2022 and I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by a woman who is by my side for every WWE and AEW pay-per-view. It is, of course, a fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing very well, thank you. And how are you? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm a little bit croaky, and I know what people are going to say. Listen to this. I'm always ill. And, and yes, I, I live a playboy lifestyle that <laughs> when you're in the fast lane, uh, it does hurt. But I am here. And, and, again, it's great to have you on. And a lot of people have asked, when are we going to do kind of one-on-one? Because there's been a lot of group stuff, especially with WRE, with all the news going on. Uh, but recent yeah. times, we have done NXT Update with Monty. We've done AEW Prelude with Gina. So, Jaxie, today is your chance. And again, I'm not causing trouble, but they talked a lot of <laughs> smack about you. So, if you've got anything to say about the two, now is the time. Well, I mean, as, as, the, uh, as the podcast goes on, I will see whether or not my mood changes from a positive one to a pessimistic one. Yeah. Well, we'll Some see. Words maybe later on. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens. But another question I've got to ask you, and it's been all the rage, unless you've been living on the rock this past month, and I'll ask you, Jaxie, are you feeling oozy today? Right. It's funny you should ask that, James, because I'm ve- feeling very oozy today, and I actually said this to my sister. <laughs> <laughs> see, I think to... slowly but surely added oozy into our vocabulary. Um, you know, as an actual emotion now. Um, I don't think that this is going away anytime soon, and I'm all here for it. <laughs> Without that, I cannot believe Sami Zayn. If, if, he's, the thing is, when you think about trying to break Roman Reigns and Solo, he broke all of them in that one yeah, shot. Really did. <laughs> I mean, also, as a fellow Brit, I'd like to ask you this question, James. Um, I, do you feel like you're slightly missing out on Waffle House? I don't think I'm missing out on anything American eyes, to be fair, but... Uh... I'm missing out. The way that Jay's face looked when Waffle House got mentioned, it makes me think, well, shit, I need to go to America and try Waffle House. No, well, I'm partial <laughs> to a bagel. Don't get me wrong, but I just think... Jay full-on broke character for that moment, and I, I'm just all here for it. I absolutely love it. They were all trying to just really keep their shit together in the ring <laughs> when, when he first said about Jay not feeling oozy today um, and I couldn't even help contain my own laughter at watching them trying to control themselves. Well this is what was so entertaining even Jay trying to turn around to Roman saying no if I'm cracking you're going to crack with me and like I said Jay yeah. how he tries to keep control we've all been there uh, and he just can't. And it's just like you said, it was quality stuff. And it shows you, it's it's the only, right, do what you want to do, you know, because the whole Sami Zayn thing, if the stories and rumours are true, it's only going to be a short-term thing. But it's kind of turned into gold. And it is one of the most entertaining things that I can remember mm-hmm. in WWE for a very long time. Definitely. Um, I think that this is something that wasn't necessarily planned to go... Um, the way that it has gone, but I'm I, I'm pretty sure that everyone is invested in Jay and Sammy's relationship now, and I need to sh- see this shit get played out. Like 
you know, feel free to take your time because I am enjoying every aspect of this. It's the highlight of my Friday nights, you know? It, it's not a SmackDown, it's Sammy and, and Jey Uso. So, yeah, keep going with this at the moment because I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah, you do, you do know the next step is an OCT shirt or oh, I'm feeling OCT oh, today. And they're just... I'm on it. I'm on it. We all got to get UC t-shirts, James. That's what I'm saying. They're printing money. It's been quality. And like you said, it's even, you know, little things with Sami Zayn taking a phone call from Roman and kind of telling Jay he's not a part of it. And it's these little frictions. And even when like Jay helps uh, Sammy win a match, and you're thinking, are they going to be friends? Because that's what we all want. We want them yeah. all to get along. <laughs> Definitely, especially when um Jay actually did come in with the assist and no one saw. So he was like, it's not exactly like he was w- waiting for the praise, but like uh, definitely looking to like try and say, well, look, I just helped you out here. And none of them believed him. I felt for him. <laughs> well, we all want, like I said, Sammy Uso. So if that does happen. Then... <laughs> yeah. Please, can we have this changed by Depot? I don't care. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah, bad. Now, uh, Raw and SmackDown notes, if you're interested in the Raw and SmackDown notes, are really up on Facebook, of course, the WNR podcast, and Twitter as well. Because the whole point is I w- we watch it for three hours and two hours every week. So I'm going to make notes. So everybody listening, go and read them. Because I've spent time on that. <laughs> like we spent time. time. Yeah. watching crown jewel 2022 november 5th what better way to kick off then with kickoff we've got pete roseberg matt camp hosted by jackie redman in the studio and that was all the press conference was actually better i don't know if you saw any of this with cole uh, michael cole presiding over it it wasn't yeah, a... i didn't the pre-show I, I must admit i i mean i i did check to see if there was any sort of like pre-matches on their uh, pre-show matches but i couldn't see any so i didn't watch well no like i said there's an hour kickoff where nothing happened and then there's a 45 minute press conference as well with that at least you got to see a uh, bless and damage control oscar getting the biggest cheer from the crowd at the press conference which yeah. i was happy about uh, Omos and Braun next. Omos covered Michael Cole's face with his hand. Uh, and Cole on commentary during Crown Jewels. That's how frightening that actually was. And Omos with his good line, monsters aren't real, but giants are. And they had a way in. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if you saw this weird meme as well that's going on. Braun put his head into the chest of Omos. Which, <laughs> again, if you see it, yeah, it just seems really odd. Like he goes for like a. He tries to nuzzle him. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've definitely got to look this up. (laughs) You've got to check it out. And they did the weigh-in as well. And then Paul Heyman, of course, did the introductions to the main event. Logan Paul coming on the camel. Jake Paul aided his brother. Chance of We Want Sammy. It's a bit awkward. It's a bit, a little bit. A bit awkward. A little bit. Yeah, you don't want to come. Uh, (laughs) Apart from that. I'm pretty sure... Like, I mean, obviously someone correct me if I'm wrong here, but isn't it Riyadh that's not letting Sammy in? So, you know, these people should be chanting at their government or, you know. Yeah, it's it's Sammy's Sammy's choice, a bit like Kevin Owens, even though you wouldn't know at this moment in time, uh, choose not to go to Saudi Mm. Arabia, obviously, because everything's going on. Uh, But the funny thing is what I'm saying. If Sammy was WWE champion, then... You know, there wouldn't be a WWE title match at Crown Jewel. But then again, that's another bridge 
to cross at some point if it ever does. Yep. Uh, we get the main show started with a video package rated by Titus O'Neil. There he is. If anybody didn't know where Titus O'Neil had gone yeah. to, <laughs> working he does off. so much work behind the camera that you know, especially us in the UK, we definitely don't get a chance to see him as often. So when it when he pops up, you're like, oh, there you are. Where have you been? <laughs> uh, we see Michael Cole and Wade Barrett on commentary, which is cool. And I tell you something, I know and. Jackson, we've been, well, as in myself, been following Crown Jewel and the Saudi Arabia events since it began in 2018. We've spoken about the human rights, atrocities, and all this kind of stuff as well. Uh, But the venue and setting did look WrestleMania-esque, especially with Mm. the kind of pomp and circumstance, which, again, is paid by Saudi blood money, but it's still put on a show, you know? Yep. I mean, you can't take away from how beautiful uh, the arena itself is in Riyadh. Uh, you know, a lot like um, a lot of people, um, I think my views on it are very askew and different. Um, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that if we, if I wasn't regularly on this podcast, that I probably would choose not to watch Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. However, um, since starting the podcast, I have picked it up. So I never watched the original 2018 version. Um, but I think I was with, was I with the podcast by 2019? No, 2020, 20, I think. That's yeah. So I would have probably missed the first two. Um, but since then, I have watched them. However, uh, it's just, it, it's really difficult because you want to give pr- praise to, you know, sort of, what they've been able to do it uh, in in terms of the level of matches and the caliber of matches that they've had there and things, uh, but a lot like some of the wrestlers who refuse to kind of you know uh, work over there, sometimes it's a little bittersweet watching it, you know, yeah. just think, because yeah. you know, you're thinking about the real world aspect as well and what what comes with that. So sometimes there, there's that little niggling feeling of guilt by watching something that you, you love so much. But knowing that is in a country that you you don't fully agree with what's going on over there right now, you know. This is the thing, and again, it's it's a topic that will need to be discussed at some point in time. But it's you know, it's even like we talk about it where it is you know kind of bad what's going on, and the people say oh, it's entertainment, but there are some things that are bigger than being entertained or you know having mm. sport or you know comedy or something like this, and and when yeah. it's you know certain things and the amount of money WWE making you know let's not say they're doing this for you know sorting the human rights out and making Saudi Arabia better they're getting paid a hundred million event you know so let's exactly not... exactly um, they're, they're, they're for the money we got to remember that this was pre Triple H's time this was very much in the sort of time where Vince was still in full control not really thinking about sort of the aspects and the outcome of it um so, you, you know, you've got to kind of just take into account that this was not done in like from the the company itself's point of view. This was not done in a way where it it was meant to sort of like um, put anything down on what is going on in Saudi at the moment. Mm. But it was purely from a business standpoint of earning that money. Yeah. And, you know, again, like we said, all of our things about it, the one positive from an entertainment side is putting all their, well, you could argue, best talent first. And like I said, we look at the match card and how it's set up, uh, which we're going to talk about now. But let's let him never forget 
you know, about this. We we will enjoy and review it. And like we said, it looks wonderful on the screen. But like I said, there is a mm. bigger picture uh, in life. But we're going to start the action with a, a fantastic, fantastic opener. I don't think there's been many better openers in WWE pay-per-view history with Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Great entrances with Bobby. And Jackson's going to sound weird. I like him throbbing on that podium. Do you know what I mean? You know when you see his leg going and he's just getting yeah. ready, getting ready. I'm just like, go on, Bobby. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have to ask me that. He He's an extremely good-looking man anyway. But then watching him, like, pumping his muscles up, stood there on that podium. It's like it's like watching bodybuilders, you know? You're just like, look, look at He's a beast, you know? So, I mean, I... I also agree with you in that aspect. The way he kind of looks the minute that he's like on camera, it, it just gives you that sort of like beast vibe already. Yeah, well, speaking of beast, he did fight the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. And as Brock was making his way down, Bobby didn't hang about. He attacked Lesnar before he actually got in the ring, shoving him into the steel steps. Once ref called for the bell, Lashley unloaded with his spear that sent the beast out of the ring. Lashley put him through the barricade a moment later. Uh, Brock and he took Lashley on a trip to Suplex City, but Lashley managed to kick out the F5 and regain the upper hand. He then applied the hurt lock and kept it locked in for a, a long time. But the Beast was able to kick off the turnbuckle and count the hold into the pin for the win. Uh, so, I mean, this, the thing is afterwards as well, I should say, sorry, Bobby put Brock back in the hurt lock and took him down. Uh, like I said, the yeah. crowd was great at as well what were your thoughts on this match i mean so just to actually warn everyone now these are all very much sober thoughts you know there was no <laughs> no drunken notes taken during this ma- uh during this event sadly um, you know don't worry drunken notes will come back at some point <laughs> come on, we, um, we need to do a drunk podcast everybody just absolutely out of it <laughs> Oh uh, no! Because if my father listens to it, I will be deeply embarrassed. So I'll still I'll stick with drunken notes. <laughs> um, but this match again, like you just said, it sort of you know started off with a bang. I really just thought that this was just going to go hard anyway, and was really hoping that we were going to have like a sort of full length match and not a sort of a thirty second squash match that sort of Brock likes to tend to do uh, when it comes to these events. Um, I thought that. You know, the match itself was great, but I just feel like even though uh, we know who the winner was and the outcome being sort of Lesnar on top, uh, it really felt throughout the whole match that Bobby was sort of in control a majority of the time. You know, Um, I I at one point really was thinking to myself, shit, Bobby's got this. Uh, And, and, you know, I shouldn't be surprised. We've seen him beat Brock before, even for the title. So it, it wouldn't have come as a surprise to have Bobby win. Um, but at the same time, I also feel like uh, Brock got too much in his head. Mm. You can see that sort of angry side of Bobby coming out again, which I love, by the way. It brings out the beast in Bobby, and that's what we like to see in the ring. Um, but I think that that was the flaw that sort of ended up kind of making Brock the winner because it was a bit of a fluke win for Brock. And this is probably the only time that I've really seen like a fluke win uh, come from Brock, you know, almost like he literally just scraped by getting that, uh, uh, scraped by getting that that 
win you know mm. so i definitely feel like this isn't over i feel like this is there there's definitely scope for a round two between them i'm all here for that and i'm all here for this new aggressive bobby lashley he's just like he's just gone beast mode and i'm all here for it yeah without that well first off let me do a bit of kind of kayfabe as it was just talking about it if it was real you know because this is what i used to do and i quite liked it and it's obviously bobby lashley looked at the success of bill goldberg because if you look at any wrestler against history let's not forget survivor series i think what, 2017 goldberg came out and smashed uh, brock within a minute and a half mm. and it's very reminiscent i'm sure bobby studied tape uh and kind of did it like that because that's the most success you're going to get from brock Again, though, yeah. I've not seen Brock selling uh, like that and being on the defensive, like you said. It was the mm-hmm. best way for Bobby to lose because, like you said, he did look like an absolute monster. I actually watched it twice. I actually went back and rewatched it because I was like, what have I just seen? I wasn't sure if it was like really good in my yeah. head. Uh, but it was, like yeah. I said, Brock gave him everything. Um, and, I, and again... I want to say at the moment, like you're right, because we're going to go to rubber match. Because obviously, Bobby won at Rumble, uh, Brock at Crown Jewel, so maybe rematch at Rumble again, uh, or could possibly. I, mean, I was even thinking they could potentially be added in part of War Games. Yeah. Like that would be insane to see them both on like opposite teams. Like you just know that that collision when they get in that ring. It would be insane. So I would love it if they actually even continued this on to War Games and then, you know, maybe have it end fully at, at Royal Rumble. Who knows? I must say as well, and this is, I think I had an argument with Monty about this. And I'll get oh, you no. involved as well. No, 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 because it is. It, it fucking <laughs> pissed me off. Um, so back at WrestleMania, going back to WrestleMania when Bobby Lashley defeated Drew McIntyre. Yes, I'm still not over it. All right. But I remember clearly the hurt lock being in and the referee checking the arm just the once and calling for the bell. Now, obviously, with Drew. yeah, with Drew. So one arm checked out of it. Bang. Watch the match. Come so, on, be honest. So Did you re- go back and rewatch it? I remember it. Literally, it. And it is burned into my skull. If anybody wants to go back and watch it and tell me, I know I remember it because I was so pissed off and I was moaning to Monty. He goes, they haven't done that in years. And lo and behold, Monty, if that is your real name, they checked Brock Lesnar's arm three times in this matchup. All right. So when did they change the fucking rules? No, no, no. Drew would have won. <laughs> I don't know what those circumstances are, by the way. I'm just, I'm. This is what I'm going. The excuse I'm going with that WWE would probably give you for that, well, or like knowing Triple H, Paul, like Paul Levas will go. Hey, look, Vince made that call. That was me. <laughs> yeah, Vince was one armed guy. I'm the free armed. It's just, yeah. it, I just don't. It's like the you know when um, Sheamus tapped out. Uh, uh, no, sorry, Volta tapped out to Sheamus and be only oh, tapped twice. And it's like, but they've not done that since like the early nineties. Like at least you need to update the rule book every now and again so we know kind of what we're looking for. You know, it's almost like if they count count out and they go, no, it's twenty now, like New Japan. And they go, what the fuck that happened? Yeah. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> 
So anyway, ran over. I do apologise. Uh, the Brock Bobby match was really, really good though. Uh, what did you score out of five? Um, I mean, I'm gonna give that a four point five. Yeah, I'm gonna give that a four and a quarter as well. Like I said, really, really good stuff to get started. Again, <laughs> it's not been my strongest week. I forgot to do the polls for Crown Jewel. Oh, it... <laughs> did you? <laughs> I mean, we because obviously it's a dubbing our podcast, but. We forgot. Um, yeah, apparently we we, <laughs> we were watching a uh, oh, New Japan show and then just got on with our afternoon uh, and <laughs> forgot, forgot. So I apologise. Sorry, everyone. I apologise to the dozens who uh, <laughs> voted on Twitter, uh, but we have not done it. Luckily, I did remember predictions and it is prediction leagues. And we're getting down to it now. Uh, bonus league at this moment in time. Jaxie on six. Genie on seven. Monty on eight. I'm on 12. AEW prediction league. Monty Genie on one. Jaxie on two. James on three. Pay-per-view where we are right now. James on four. Genie on five. Monty and Jaxie tied with six. And of course, we've only got two more W pay-per-views to go. This is going to be tight here today. Um... And again, I didn't send you guys my predictions. Apologies, I forgot. But I did put them up on the it's Impact Show. It's better than asking that we only get to meet them, uh, get to uh, like have your your answers when everyone else does on this podcast. That's so unfair. No, no, no. I didn't. I, I actually, if you go listen to the Impact Pod, uh, which was recorded on Saturday, I did my mm. crown jewel predictions on them before the show started so i i yeah well as you see from the scores none of us smashed it tonight i'm not i'm not gonna lie we, none of us nope. Nope. um like i like to i'd like to think that this was last minute like booking that was the issue i'm just i'm just thinking of anything to create an excuse right now we did atrocious uh, do you know what? And the thing that annoys us is is all of us looked at that card uh, beforehand and thought, this is really easy to pick. And we've probably done that with every WWE show and just failed because otherwise we'll be getting perfect scores left and right. And it's like, I took chance at Extreme Rules. I went edge, fuck's sake. And I still <laughs> got the wrong choices. So again, it just shows you, you know, it just shows you how hey, to at least you, you know, at least you didn't choose the Miz. <laughs> no, no. Oh, that's a yeah. Remember that. To be fair, I remember she actually had said about she felt pressured into choosing someone else because someone had made that comment about oh. uh, our answers being similar. When again, guys, I'll just remind you: usually, a match is between two people or a tag team. Um, there's only there's only one or the other you can choose. So sometimes. Not just myself and my sister, but James or Monty, all four of us could be matching. It doesn't mean we've discussed beforehand. No, no, without a doubt. Yes, an excellent, excellent point. And the thing is, is that that might, with Gina as well, getting used to it. Like I said, I threw you guys in the uh, the deep end as well. Uh, but like yeah. I said, <laughs> Jaxie, don't give a fuck. Ooh, she will <laughs> murder everybody in a way to win predictions. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can, I will. <laughs> Excuse me, but it's just that, that, that's the rules, you know. 
Uh, and I know, and Monty's so bad that he sends me his prediction separately. All right, so that's talk about you know we're all got our little things uh, that we do. I just copy his because yeah. he's sending mine. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, exactly. that. See, see, you do it too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we all went Brock, so we all start with one point. All we then see Byron Saxton interviewing Alexa Bliss and Oscar backstage. Uh, asking how they prepared the, to defend the titles after holding them for five days. All of a sudden, we see a Bray Wyatt insect logo appearing on the television screen next to Bliss. Uh, and the duo made their entrance while Cole acknowledged the history between Bliss and Bray Wyatt. Now, not ruining predictions, but when you saw the Bray Wyatt logo, did you think they've got other plans for her? Yep. Uh, this was the moment. This was the moment that I realised I fucked up. <laughs> well, I, I didn't want to say anything, but <laughs> I, was my, I was on the phone to my sister, obviously watching the show together, and I just remember seeing it and going, "I made a mistake." Well, we all, <laughs> we all did, and again, I'm going to rant at the end of this match. <laughs> let's I'm down. Let's just get. I'm not- Oscar and Alexa Bliss versus Dakota Kai and Eo Sky for the women's tag team titles. We saw Bliss and Kai starting for their teams with a quick sequence of takedowns and counters. Neither woman could gain a clear advantage until Kai hit a headbutt. The crowd come alive when Sky and Oscar tagged in and locked up. The Empress tomorrow took control before she and Bliss worked together to take down both opponents at ringside. After Oscar spent some time on defence, Bliss got the hot tag and took it to both challenges with everything she had. With all four superstars eventually performing a Tower of Doom suplex, a superplex, with the goddess taking a brunt of the damage. But while the referee was distracted, Nikki Cross attacked Bliss, paving the way for Kai to get the pin and regain the women's tag titles for damage control. Um, Jax, before I get your opinion on it, a couple of positives for me. EO and Kai's outfits look great, and EO flew yep. with the code red. Bliss span yeah. like, fuck me. Um, it was it was brilliant, <laughs> but I did put fuck you, Nikki. It does make me cross, and I apologise for the pun. Uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts on the match? Right, so I mean, I think overall, in terms of the match itself, it was awesome. Um, we've seen both teams uh, wrestle before in in these in different matches, but for some reason, this match felt you know like pay per view worthy. Uh, it was really good on both sides. I agree. I really loved both um, all, both teams' uh, uh, color coordination with their outfits, but there was something about uh, Dakota Kai's and Eos that I just really stood out to me. I really, really loved it. So the design, kudos to the uh, designer of it. I think it looked brilliant. Um, yeah, the match itself, it was really good. There were just like so many sort of like high high moments that just everyone was really enjoying there was like a really good uh sort of constant continuation of countering between eo and oscar that really made me like lit a fire in me at wanting to see these two in a singles run in a feud and just knowing that if they just really were allowed to let loose even have their own sort of like 60 minute match they could just make so much magic there's so much talent in that ring um the end yes I just got very annoyed. I think, don't get me wrong, it's not about the change in hands or anything like that as to why I got annoyed. But I'm sorry. Nikki, why the fuck are you getting involved? First and foremost, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant now, James. First and foremost, right, 
you came out the was it the was it the smackdown or the raw be- before this and you came and fucked up the match and you took out everyone including bailey next thing we know you're like besties backstage with her and i don't even know why especially if she like promised you any form of like match or or whatever like i don't know what type of promise she could have she could have done to you to incite for you to get into to interrupt this match and the only thing i can think of is oh she's got a connection to alexa bliss alexa sort of turned her back on her and this that and the other but like there's been no build-up to that at all we just had like random nikki cross come back after you know god knows how long so because there's no context behind it it's a big fuck you to Nikki because you, like, you getting involved in this match did not benefit you in any shape or form. So why the hell did you do it? And not to extend the rant, but like you said, if she had an agreement with Damage Control, why wouldn't she come out in a no DQ match later on to help Bailey win the title rather than here? So, you know, that was my other point as well. Uh, Like, you know, if we're just kind of quickly bringing that up and her lack of involvement in a no DQ match, um, like the only thing I could think of at that moment in time when we were watching the tag matches, okay, so she's clearly going to get herself involved in, you know, the match later on. um, And uh, that as a result is because maybe Bailey said, if I win, I'll give you the first shot or something like that. But as we will go on to discuss... There was no involvement from Nikki at all. So how, in what way did it benefit you getting involved like that? Like, it honestly does not make sense. And it also just pisses me off because it's like, why change the titles in the first place? It, this did nothing to enhance the story, you know? I I just, I, I, I'm so baffled as to why they even bothered change hands. Don't get me wrong. I originally wanted them kept longer on Dakota Kai and EO. Uh, as much as their heels, I really loved the fact that they were actually starting to make the titles feel like they're uh, like make uh, importance of out of them, you know. Um, but like within the space of a week, they've gone, they've jumped back and forth. Like it's just so confusing. I really, I'm not a hundred percent sure as to why this outcome has happened the way it is. Well, the thing is, for me, the most annoying part is. When you know the referee is there, and she can see the, like the three competitors in front of her, and then what is she thinking? Bliss is doing behind her, like jumping off the rope herself, or like you know trying to damage herself. It's just it makes common sense. Just turn around and go, what is what is going on there? And it was such a rubbish finish. Uh, and again, not to bring up stuff from the past, but stand and deliver. Kai and Gonzalez beat Toxic Attraction. I think it's down the liver to win the titles and lost them like five days later. It might be the next takeover after that. But again, it's bait and switch and it feels like Triple H booking. You know, we've yeah. seen it in, in NXT, we've seen it now, and it's like it doesn't help anybody. Dan, yeah, exactly. I don't understand how he can think that there's any. Uh, anything beneficial by having someone change hands so quickly like that it does nothing for the belt and as we already know the the women's tag title belts have not had the best of runs we've had really great tag teams in them and they've they've taken the belts away 
way before they can really solidify the importance of those belts. You've got Sasha and, and Bailey, who were the first ever champions. They really were starting to make something and then had that the belts taken away very abruptly. Um, and quite understandably so, that, that was, caused the result of Sasha to sort of take a break from things. Um, then you actually put them on the Iconics, which at first I really was not a huge fan of because you put uh, you had them on Sasha and Bailey, but the Iconics really were starting to make something of those belts too. And the minute that, you know, sort of Black Wednesday came, a lot of people left, including the Iconics. Uh, the belts have just been in the hands of two singles competitors being pushed together, you know? So it's like, finally, we had like a few months back having the solidified team like Damage Control coming in. You put the, the belts on them and they're doing great. But then you do this. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, I would love to actually just ask Triple H, like, what was the purpose? Well, this is the thing. It, it just makes the title reign pointless. Um, but the match yeah. up until the finish was, the last say, really enjoyable. What would you score out of five? Before I do, I'm just going to add one more thing. And I can't help but have this niggling feeling that it, it could be that the only reason why he had them change hands on Raw just the change back by Crown Jewel was literally to please the Saudi Arabia uh, crowd. That is the only thing I can think. Mm. Yeah. Because I mean, we didn't really have that many people, uh, that many, I don't think we had any other belts change hands. No, Did that, we? that is true. But then again, like I said, it's it's the main event for Raw and then you can switch back on Crown Jewel and go back to normal the next week on Raw, you know? So, Again, it's a, it's a, it's an easy out, but yeah, um, it it just it really pains me because I, I actually really love the match, so I'm gonna still score it quite high because I think that the match itself went really well, and I don't think that the that that all four women involved in this match should be uh, held accountable for the booking of this match. So I am gonna still give it a like a four point five as well. Uh, I really did enjoy the match itself and the and the wrestling that came with it. Uh, I think it would have been higher for me if the if the outcome wasn't Nikki getting her ass involved. Yeah, well, I've, I'll put three point nine five because of the finish. It, you know, it was it was it's quite happily going along at four and a quarter, and then that finish happened, mm-hmm. and I go no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, predictions: yeah. We all went Oscar and Bliss. So the, it, it, none of us scored a point. It's one nil still. Coming to be fair, so no one can really blame us for this outcome. Like no, no one thought it was to change hands five days later, you know. And then we had Drew McIntyre versus Karen Cross, and I, I don't know if you, but I am Drew. One of Drews. I am Drew Brees <laughs> fan. I am one of his figures fans. I don't know, uh, but I do not care for this feud. I, I fuck this feud. You know, I still think. Again, I'm not over him losing to Bobby Lashley at Mania. What do you think I'm like from the clash? And it's like, fuck mm. you, Drew. Not only are you going to lose at home, you're going to lose uh, yep. Extreme Rules in this stupid fucking finish. And then I worked out his last premium live event win was WrestleMania versus Baron Corbin. He's lost everyone since this year. Uh, and it's just like... Yeah. What what the fuck are they doing? I know Drew is not number one guy, but if if he's not going to get his chance now before Cody or Randy or any person, you know Bray, it's just it. I just it's taken it out of me a little bit. 
you know? And it's just, I cannot pretend to care about this because, again, and we'll talk about the finish, it's just, I don't know, what was Drew doing? Just wasting time, isn't he? Well, I, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be fair here when I look at the situation, but I really just don't understand why this feud has carried on for as long as it has. Um, I, I too, like you, have not really been enjoying this feud. And do you know what it is? It's not, it's not even the fact of the, of the, the, the men that are wrestling. I, 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 I can't take the fact that, like, this whole feud is, is stemming because Scarlett keeps getting her ass involved, and no other woman has come out and just smacked a bitch up. Is it? But it makes Drew but, look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> it really does. You're getting played by a woman in each in each of your matches, and I think this is where my issue is is lying with uh, sort of even going into discussing this match, which we will in a minute. I just like you fucking ask for a steel cage match for a fucking reason, and it still doesn't fucking help. Like what the fuck? He got me. <laughs> there was literally a comment on kickoff where someone they went a steel cage match, and and the guy went, oh well, you know, Scarlet can get involved. No, it's a still fucking cage match. The whole concept is to keep them outside. Pepper pepper spray does not care about steel cages. Fuck (laughs) me. Why have a steel cage match? Have a look bad from ringside Yeah, there was no point to this. If you were going to try and enclose him, Drew, you should have picked Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Or, Scarlet still would have been in there. But like you said, (laughs) with the previous uh, result, it's almost like, oh, uh, Saudi Arabia needs a steel cage match. Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, And it's like, Drew, like you're a quite a likable person. I can imagine you're likable backstage. You are a face. Why the hell have you not gotten just any random woman? Anyone would do just to come out and smack a bitch up. Scarlet don't wrestle. Scarlet wouldn't do shit. She'd lie on the floor crying. So why have you not just got like someone to come out and smack a bitch up? Mm, yeah, and do you know how close I am for travelling to <laughs> just be like, look, I'm there. Tag me in. You know, I can do this. Uh, <laughs> His manager. You should manage him. Yeah, is that my yeah, name? I bet you, <laughs> it's James I bet you should <laughs> <laughs> And I definitely think you would you, you would help him pick up more wins. I would, without a doubt. But obviously, we talk about the steel cage match uh, between Drew and Cross. And Drew hit the first big takedown with a size suplex. They traded punches on the top rope until Cross kicked out McIntyre's leg to crotch him on the top. Ooh. They gave the world's biggest van an hourglass an opportunity to take control and punish his opponent. As expected, these two put on a hell of a fight. This is exactly the kind of match Cross has needed since he returned to WWE because it allowed him to show off most of the skills that made him valuable. And both of these must have agreed to lay it in because we all know Drew likes to scrape. Uh, but Cross uh, was, you know, like I said, holding his own. Scarlet then prevented McIntyre from escaping the cage by spraying him in the face with a mace again. So the same finish. I'm trying to keep calm. The same finish look, look, as extreme Scarlet rules. Always Scarlet always packing. Drew should have known that. Drew should have known. <laughs> I just, I don't know. And then she's just, she sprayed the official as well and then locked the door. Hmm. I wonder how we can get out now. I don't even know 
Was it pinfall submission as well? Because that another thing that annoyed me. If Drew needed anything, it was a claymore to cross and a one two. That would have yeah, stopped. He climbed over the top, didn't he? Well, yes, it's like she locked the door and then he just climbed over the top and then they tried to fucking have Cross come out like the same time. Nowhere near. Uh, and I just think... No. Like, that was her fault, though, because she was fumbling about with the keys. Well, love, if you didn't have so much leather on, maybe you wouldn't have been fumbling about so much. The thing is, she went into her pocket for the keys and just kept finding bottles of fucking mace. She's going to fucking... No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Where are the keys? And you know what? I think Corey had the best, uh, the best line during commentary where he was like, "Well, look at like female Mrs. Pinhead over here from Hellraiser," and I was like, "I just lost my shit." Yeah. Like it was calling her female, the female from Pinhead from Hellraiser, and then I looked at her and I was like, "Oh my god, that's all I could see." <laughs> to be fair, she did have these really weird fucking like spikes coming out of her face, yeah. which cannot have been. I mean, you don't want to forget that. <laughs> no, you don't. Like, I, I, I hope that Carrion made sure that they were taken off before he lent in for a kiss, because otherwise he would have probably gotten blinded. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> that. But I think this proves we need a new finish guy in WWE. Now, it used to be Pat Patson was the guy that used to do the finishes in WWE matches. Obviously, Vince did take that over, but we are sorely lacking. If you look at the women's tag and this, the finishes were fucking shit. And, well, you know. I mean, like the match was good between Bobby and Brock as well. Technically, you can you can still say that that was won by a roll up pin. So yeah. yeah, definitely, all three finishers so far haven't been the greatest. You know? No, I mean, I hope this feud is over. But another thing that I thought was great and sadly missing at the Clash was the fireworks and the drones. Like, obviously, it was mm-hmm. indoor stadium, but I would have loved to hear that. Yeah. And how weird. Was it, for me anyway, to hear the Saudi crowd sing Old Drew McIntyre? Actually made me laugh out loud. Because obviously, when we're doing the I clash... think I was just in shock that, <laughs> that they were singing it. Yeah. But, I mean, we can't deny that, you know, Saudi has just as many fans that love these wrestlers just as much as we do. So it was, it was really nice to actually hear. It was very feel-good, you know, being able to hear them sing for him. Right there. And then they did the holy shit chant as well with the superplex off the top where you go, oh, you've learnt the language, I suppose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the match was hard hitting, but that fucking finish. Uh, what would you score it out of five? Uh, I'm going to give it a three. I, I did really enjoy this match, if I'm truly honest. Like, I wasn't really invested in the feud either. So, like, it, this feud, let, let's just face it, let's, let's admit facts here. The feud is between Drew and Scarlett, not Drew and Carrion. No. So, I mean, for me, this this, just, this whole thing wasn't working. So it, it got a three for me. Yeah, we are literally booking like the Survivor Series car with like Bobby and Brock, Scarlett versus Drew. Mm. Like, this is the matches <laughs> that we need uh, to make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Prediction wise, I didn't. I knew Gina hated me, uh, but she picked Carrying Cross because uh, she does. The rest of us went Drew, so Gina's on one. The rest of us are on two. Uh, I scored this a four out of five as well, only because I'm biased when it comes you're to Drew. Biased. I'm so yeah, biased. I don't. Biased. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Well, no, I'm not complaining though. Look at look at Oscar's match. I'm very biased for Oscar, and Oscar's match got a four point five. <laughs> no, 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 but again, we don't lie. You know, you know what what it's going to be. 
We then get the Judgment Day with Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest versus the OC, Styles, Gallows and Anderson. Cole pointed out Ripley's hairstyle and said Ripley told him she was paying homage to late great Beth Phoenix. And I thought, oh, will we maybe get Beth tonight? Nah, they wouldn't have travelled over, would they? But they're obviously setting it up. Um, I don't know whether they know Survivor Series or Rumble, really. I must admit, she like the the rendition of her hair that she did, she looked great. Um, and she really did give me Beth Phoenix vibes. So even though she probably did it out of spite, I appreciated the homage to Beth Phoenix. I always like to see, you know, a good cosplay and things like that. So I actually appreciated her look be- because of uh, how dedicated she was with the hair to uh, Beth Phoenix. And another thing, obviously, women have to cover. I say obviously, obviously, women have to cover up in Saudi Arabia. How disgusting would that be? Uh, but again, we mentioned it with damage control and with Ripley having to, you know, like I said, full body. She looks fucking wicked. Like she doesn't look like she's changed uh, at all, really. As for the match, though, we see Anson and Balor begin for the teams. It didn't take them long to tag in the bigger members of the groups, Gallows and Priest. Uh, and we obviously saw the two big men going at it. The Archer Infamy hit a cheap shot to put a stop to it. Styles and Dom came in for the exchange for the OC began to dominate. The least experienced member of Judgment Day with double team moves. Eventually, Anderson was the one being overpowered by the opposing team. It was a steady pace was kept through most of the match, so occasional double or triple team spots stood out more. The crowd was into the match, but the loudest reaction came when Styles and Balor finally got into the ring. There was... Uh, a fantastic superplex uh, spot with electric chair drops, which the timing was perfect on that when they both took, uh, well, six men took it. And of course, Ray Ripley interfered and attacked Styles to give the Prince a chance to hit the coup de grace to score the win. Jackson, what do you think of the match? And why the fuck did we not see this coming? Yeah, um, I think that we were all pretty adamant that we were going to get female interruption to distract Rhea from this. Um, I think we also like just realised that, you know, OC have only just come back. They'll probably keep them on a high, so they're probably going to get this win just being reunited in, in their first tag match with AJ Styles again. Um, I think we all kind of just went with sort of that me- mentality when we went with the OC. But I, I really did... I really should have seen this coming, you know, like Judgment Day are on an absolute roll right now. um, And it would be stupid right now to actually have them start dipping and losing prior to Edge or Beth Phoenix returning. You know, Um, they really need to kind of feel like that threat. And they really are doing that week in, week out. Um, Was I shocked at that outcome? Yes, I actually didn't see that coming at all. Uh, But I'm kind of glad that the Judgment Day won because... You know, they, they've been, as a group, they've been on and off for me. Uh, I think for me, I grew to kind of really like them and enjoy them when Edge had been part of it. And then also felt like it dipped because Edge left way too quickly. So to see that they've got this continued momentum, this is something that, like, this is booking done right by, by Triple H at this point. Um, so I wasn't mad at the fact that I was taking a loss here. No, but again, it's still annoying uh, when you think, why did none of us see this happening? Uh, and another nah. thing, I, when I was watching this match, I was thinking Gallows is an awful wrestler. Like, if he wasn't in the club, like, it would be like, uh, again, I quite like W. Morrissey now, but like Big Cass. 
or something. Just he's just not very good. <laughs> Watching him, fair play to the man to have so much success. You know, Carl uh, yeah, Anderson. I think, I think it, it definitely helps. Like that, he's more of a tag team. I think he comes a, across a lot stronger when he's in a tag team. Like if we were to see him in the singles match, I don't think it would last very long. But I also feel like I don't really see him wrestle that much as a singles. So. Yeah, it's really weird. I think he could definitely do with like training more. I think that he's kind of coasting it's just on the like, basics. Yeah, you know? it's eighties kind or the holiday camp wrestling, which nothing wrong with that. But of an early, early Kevin Nash, like before <laughs> Kevin Nash really got into the swing of things, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Like I said, it's just like you look at him and go, it really is bad. And Carl Anderson. Skipping losing in New Japan for um, oh losing in WWE, so I suppose that <laughs> works out. Hikaleu probably watching on. Uh, this was a good match, but again, was it pay per view worthy? I mean, I don't think I, I feel like um, I feel like this was this match was built up pretty well, but I also felt like it kind of ended really quickly. Um, so. I just don't feel like it had enough time to sort of really grow to like if they were going to continue on their story. Again, I haven't seen Raw from uh, last night, but if they were to continue this storyline on it, it kind of feels like they should have gone longer in the match. Like it literally felt like it was over quite quickly. Um, But then again, maybe that was kind of like my way of watching it, going and grabbing a beer. And then next thing I know, someone was pinned. So, (laughs) you know, Uh, you but, never yeah. know. Well, I mean, like I said, what do you score out of five? I mean, I'm going to give it a three and a half because I still think it was a decent match. Yeah, I'm going to give it three and three quarters out of five prediction. We all went all OC. So all of us from two, apart from Gina, still on one. Yes, that's correct. Braun Strowman, <laughs> just check my maths. Nothing from that. <laughs> yes, yeah, still nothing. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Omos. MVP did not accompany Omos to ringside after Strowman roughed him up on uh, SmackDown. These two men uh, stepped each other. Well, they went straight for it, didn't they, really? Right at the start, face-to-face. What were we really expecting? I mean, what were your hopes for this match before it started? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I actually thought this was going to be a quick match. Um you know, like kind of pretty much what we've seen from almost not judging him in the slightest, but like has been jobber matches. So I didn't really, I, I, even though I went with Braun, um, I didn't really see this going very long because I, I, I honestly didn't know how long almost could take being in the ring with someone who is a lot more experienced in wrestling um, and someone that is like his size. So I didn't know how well things would work out. I was surprisingly shocked at how well Omos did in this whole match. Like, like he actually blew me away because I was like, "Damn, he's actually wrestling," you know. Well, let's see. We get to, they made a big show of comparing the heights and the size of their hands mm. for the engaged in the classic. Like seeing sort of like the the opposites between them between the two. Well, the, the funny thing is, and I was going to say this, I think afterwards as well. But the thing is, is that the Vincent Mann would be known, you know, he might be gone now, but he was always mm. there with the kind of immovable force and the, the, the I can't remember what it is, the object, the immovable object, the unstoppable force. You know, these two giants, he always thought 
that would make money. Would it be like great Carly or anybody else? And there is something to say about seeing these two guys, you know, of this size, head to head. It is, you know, like I said, I'm not saying freak show s, but it's still, you know, impressive and even for an outsider to see this. Um, you yeah, know, it's, it's pretty pretty cool. Like I said, the test of strength as well. Mm. Uh, I, I I must manage to get his. Um, down to the knee for delivering a big knee to the gut to stop Strowman. Uh, and like I said, I must did well. Complete control for the first few minutes. Uh, Strowman failed to lift him for a body slam a couple of times. I must picked him up with ease, which again is stunning to see, especially when you know how big Braun is. Maybe the match didn't need to be as long as it was. But do you know what? Like you said, they did really, really well here. Uh, we saw Omos yeah. going for a clothesline, Strowman getting out of the way, and then the power slam, getting him up and putting him down. Uh, do you know what? The, the the power of that. At one point, I thought the ring was just going to collapse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I did I did wonder to myself whether or not we were going to get a sort of... Uh, who, who was it? Was it Brock and Big Show? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Brock and Big Show moment um, between the two. So uh, who knows? Maybe next time. Maybe maybe they're saving that effect for next time for the the American audience that might be a lot more dramatic about it. Well, the thing is, they'd be like, "Look, we've still got a few matches left to go." Uh, but it's not really fair. But this yeah, is let's like fuck it... up the ring and then make the audience wait like an hour for us to like reconstruct a new one. Yeah, sorry guys, you know. Uh, but I did like Imus's new logo and outfit as he come out as well, mm. even though not done. Yeah, he's he... like a proper wrestler. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't pretty, but probably the best Omos has looked in the visual of Braun's power slam and Omos. I think was wonderful. You know? Yeah, yeah. Really, like again, the the visual it just looked incredible. Like imagine seeing those two live, and then seeing someone like both of them, one of them chokes them in the other at the height they are. That would be incredible to see live. Yeah, that'd be fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but Braun. Didn't drop him. That's the only thing I thought, oh, we did with they and no, I must went with him and did it. Uh, what would you score that match out of five? Um I'm gonna I'm gonna give it like a, a three point nine. Yeah. I think I it was I think it was good, yeah. Yeah, that I'll was get that. three points. Three and three quarters as well, like I said, good one. All went brawn, so all of us are on three apart from Gina who's on two. And then Braun went on Twitter. After his match, um, and basically, you know, oh no, the tweet was deleted. He's deleted the tweet now. Interesting oh, enough, has he? he really has. Because I've just went to look at it now, and he has deleted it. Uh, basically, talking about all the flips and everything like that that people do, uh, and look at him and Omos making that. The reason I was going to mention it is because Will Ospreay was saying to him, "Why are you so bad, mad about making money?" You've done a great job, and yet you're mad at other people that do the same job as you. Relax, my guy. Just say you really enjoyed showing super heavyweight wrestling, which probably was the way to respond to it. That was that was such a good um, comment by Will Osprey. I just absolutely loved it. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, give me Will Osprey versus Braun Strowman, please, Dream Match." <laughs> the thing is with Braun is I can understand. You know, and again, the stories about him being like this. But again, it's a big man. How much praise does he get? 
Uh, and when he puts on a good effort with Omos, yeah, we should be happy about it. But, you know, it's again, this is the whole thing of internet wrestling community and, and upsetting simps or whatever it is. And it's just like, so what's the difference then? Are we fans? Are we marks? Are we smart marks? Are we, do wrestlers don't give a fuck about us, but they can't say they don't care about their opinion because then, you know. That's a bit of everything. Just chuck that all into one one pot and then that makes us. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose it's true. You know, like I said, who, this is a weird thing though. It's like, or does a wrestler care about what you think about uh, wrestling? Or, you know, or you just buy their T-shirts and stuff like that. But then again, they're not beholden to you because you buy their merchandise. And it's like, we like pay for what they do. And family, and it's again, it's just like, Braun had a good match and maybe got overexcited and he's deleted the tweet now. I think that'd be fair. I think, I think that's probably for the best. Um, you know, in a way... I don't know if it was meant this way, but you could kind of almost see it as mockingly towards other colleagues of his. So I can see why it would rub some people the wrong way. So I think it's probably just best to kind of like not escalate this any further and just kind of deleting it in general. I think that was the best move. Yeah, I think without doubt. Well, we see uh, next match with the Usos coming out feeling very oozy. Michael Cole noted that Jay had his arm on his sleeve and told him he believes he suffered a broken wrist on the European tour. He said he had an MRI on Monday. We would defend the tag titles against New Day on SmackDown. I love this new Michael Cole. We're actually finding interesting things out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, he's giving us a lot more to go on rather than just constantly, it's boss time, like his usual. <laughs> At least we're getting a bit more range from him. Yeah, fight night now. now he's... <laughs> I mean, every time he's still saying that, um, when he says about fight night, I can't help but feel like he's really missing saying it's boss time. Like, and he's just like waiting to say it again. And I'm like, Sasha, please go to SmackDown. Or no, wait, which one is he on? It's SmackDown, on yeah, but he's on yeah. SmackDown. But like yeah. you said, imagine Sasha Banks and then Michael just like exploding, ejaculating everywhere. That's, that's <laughs> be a whole new rendition of JR's Stone Cold, Stone Cold. <laughs> it would be a new rendition, and it would just be it's part time, it's part time. <laughs> Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're not getting the boss. We're getting the Usos versus Ridge and mm-hmm. Butch for the Undisputed W Tag Team titles. The Usos getting love, but no Sami Zayn, Solo Sokoa, or Sheamus. So it was just two-on-two situation. Butch spent a long time in the ring with both Usos for he tagged Holland to take over. The powerhouse went on a bit of a rampage. Neither team was able to control the other for too long. Felt like an even fight most of the time, but the Usos having so many double-team moves they can rely on gave him a few more opportunities to overpower their opponents. Holland almost scored the win at one point with White Noise, but the Usos were able to rally and catch uh, Butch Dunn on the top rope with a super 1D for the win. Uh, Good match and a fun finish, actually. I will admit that. Jackson, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think this was like a good clean finish. I I felt like the match was a little short, if I'm truly honest. Um, I, I kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Uh, I, I felt like I wanted more from this match, if I'm truly honest. Uh, 
you know, they could have kept going for, you know, five, ten more minutes. And I think it would they would have just produced even more great content. They got the crowd lit. Um, us as the audience were quite lit watching it. Um, overall, just a really great tag team match. But, I, yeah, I was slightly disappointed with how quick it, it was. But not just that as well. I just thought you've seen a match with New Day on SmackDown because of the record. Are you mm. really going to have Lusos lose? And, and again, I felt Ridge and uh, Dunn had a better chance. What was it, on SmackDown uh, a few weeks back? Where you thought this was their time. You know when the Brutes were really starting yeah. to get hot uh, off the back mm. either before or just after the Clash. Uh, and, and I'm thinking, this match is here. Don't get me wrong, it's great to see the Usos. But mm. the New Day in the match here would have made much more sense. Definitely. And I think that there would have been a lot more of a bigger pop because, we, as we all know, first and foremost, the Usos and, and the New Day are synonymous for tag matches. They've had some of the best tag matches out there um, and they know how each other works. So they always produce great content. Uh, we also know that right now the Usos are slowly but surely catching up to the New Day's current uh, title reign or, or title record, should I say, of uh, longest reigning tag champions, um, so there, there there could have been so much more uh, going in, going into this match that like was at risk. You know, the Usos possibly losing to the the New Day and not surpassing uh, this record. Um, the New Day le- really having legitimate. Uh, you know, background history in successfully defeating the Usos, that would have just given off so much more of a great vibe. And that's not saying anything bad about the Brawling Brutes. But again, like you just said, did we really think that the Usos were going to lose the tag titles when they're this close to breaking that record right now? It would have made more sense to put New Day in there because you would have had everyone speculating as to who really could come out. It could have been a very even 50-50 on who was going to be the outcome of that. Yeah. And like I said, with 483 day reign of the new day up for grabs, that could have given us mm-hmm. a thing wrong. It's going to be a great on SmackDown. Uh, but this mm-hmm. one just felt it was filling time. What would you score this one out of five? Uh, again, I thought it was a good match, but I'm just going to give it like a three and a half. It did what it needed to do, but there was no investment in terms of a storyline or really believing that the titles were going to change hands. So three and a half, yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. Three and a half predictions. We all felt oozy, so we're all on four, apart from Gina on three. And then we had the last women's standing match for the championship. Bailey was out first take on, of course, Bianca Belair for the gold. And the STRW started off hot with a trio body slams before she tossed Bailey out of the ring. This allowed the role model to grab a kendo stick. Blair avoided every shit a shot, <laughs> so Bailey tried a chair instead. The ESC maintained the upper hand by kicking the chair into her. The Hill brought out a ladder right before the champion hit a slingshot crossbody to take her down. Once the fight uh, strayed outside the ring, Bailey was able to use more weapons to her advantage. She tried to shut Blair under the stairs and a ladder to keep her down for the 10, but the ESC was able to fight out. She even tried to trap the champion in the equipment case, but Blair didn't let that stop her. Maybe try the locks, Bailey. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, the role model found the world's slowest golf cart near the stage, uh, failing to use it in an effective way. I actually thought we were watching slow motion at one point with this golf buggy, uh, but we see the ST uh. driving Bailey onto a table, but not 
breaking and it looked even worse i think with bailey yeah in that, do you know what i mean at least you get the satisfying yeah. punch when it's just like oh you know it's all at bailey she took an age to set up a table earlier as well um but we see she did get put through the table with a powerbomb uh blair was able to win but again, another bad landing with the KOD on the chair for Bailey. That looked awful. Uh, Blair, got yeah, it just wasn't nice. Got the ladder, held it shut by the ring ropes. Yes, it was a unique way. But come on, is this feud still going to continue? Uh, we got a ten count, and this annoyed me because I thought Bailey was going to win. But then I realised in the two title matches that they've had, which Blair's won. Bailey's still not been pinned. I don't know if that means anything. Um, what did you think? Well, we knew she wasn't going to get pinned in this match because it was a last woman standing match. Um, but All I can't. I can't. Like... Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't deny my disappointment at the outcome of this match. I and mean, I think I think it's mainly like the not even like the fact that I'm losing a point. I'm glad I'm losing a point. I didn't want. Uh, Bianca losing that belt I really didn't but I felt like she was going to um, so I am very happy to take the lot on this one um, uh, without a doubt the disappointment for me comes with the execution of the finish I I, um, I, I don't try to preach like feminism or anything like that like too much when it comes to you know like wanting to get equality across the board However, there was plenty of space for Bailey to move her ass out of that ladder to get up. Like, that, I just, like, wanted a more believable, yeah, she ain't getting up from that, you know? Yeah. I just, I, I felt like it was a really cheap finish. And I, I just couldn't help my, but feel disappointed with the way that Bianca had won because I didn't feel like it should have taken Bailey to the count of 10. She was up by the count of 11. So you could just like from a from a veteran wrestler's point, a uh, wrestling fan's point of view, you're like, okay, you were just waiting for that ten count because you were up on eleven. Yeah, you it, know, yeah. Uh, so it, I can't I can't hide my disappointment on it. Excuse me. Well, the, the thing is, is that I obviously am not going to be t- talking to you about kind of equality or what women a woman goes through. But like I said, as a huge fan of women's wrestling. Since we started the pod in 2015, thanks to Bailey versus Banks at Takeover, in my yeah. favorite, probably my favorite match of all time. And then you get to this mm. match, you're just thinking, I understand why they did it, so Bailey doesn't, you know, lose really yeah. badly and can. Mo- but like you said, there was yeah. easier ways. The best way, even sillier, because they used the case early on in the show, stick her in that and mm. lock it. Like or, or 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 something in that way. You know, I I I honestly thought, if I'm being truly honest, we were gonna get go all sort of like sports day on this. In terms of when I saw Bianca get into the caddy, I wondered whether or not she was just gonna drive her ass backstage, jump off, and let and peg it back to the ring, and she, and Bianca make it on ten or something like that, mm. and Bailey's still there trying to get back to the ring. You know. Um, even that I felt would have like been really great, especially because Bailey had put like ages ago, Bailey had put like Bianca through all of that sort of assault, fake assault course um, 
where she piggybacked Otis and in like a queen ass moment right there, well, you it- know? So I thought we could have gotten very much more creative than what we did with this. And again, going back to like me just kind of discussing like uh, me not really like I, I voicing, uh, wanting to voice more equality than, than just, you know, pure feminism. If it was a man stuck in that ladder and then stuck underneath there, say someone like Brock Lesnar or even Bobby Lashley, um, you know, you could understand the struggle for them to get out from under that ladder. Uh, They would be fully squashed in and like really squished. Um, But like there was plenty from my point of view, there was plenty of space for Bailey to get out before 10. But again, that's something to do with the camera angle as well of having above having a shot above yeah. her rather than to the side where you can see, like you said, the yeah. daylight yeah, uh, that's yeah. there. Uh, but again, what I found really fucking weird is the, the <laughs> on Raw, they both went through like the, off the announce table through like staging area, a couple of tables. And that was a better bump than they had in the last women's standing match. And I'm thinking... Finish the fucking last moment yeah. standard match like that, you know, rather than instead of a Bailey to Bailey, or even a Bailey to Bailey, get Belair to cut first. And then Belair's yeah. like, How the fuck did you beat me? And it was because of the landing, Blair bounced up on nine and Bailey stayed down, you know. But yeah. it's, it's again, you'd have to kind of uh, look at it. And there was a few spots in this that didn't work. But again, uh, and is it just because we've seen too much of Bailey and Belair and expecting something else now because like i said this feud will continue well i think like you know don't get me wrong i should actually backtrack here and just actually say i thoroughly entertained uh, was entertained throughout their match i really enjoyed all of the aspects of it the golf caddy part actually had me reminiscing on uh the stadium stampede match in aew and how funny that sort of like little section was um so I really did enjoy that. And I also felt like b- both women worked well with all of the equipment that they were using um, against one another. Uh, the, the the disappointment came with the ending, you know? Uh, so I don't want everyone thinking that I didn't enjoy this match. I did. Um, but I do think that there was, especially as it was a, a last woman standing match, there was so much more you could have done with uh, and gotten very creative with uh with the way that they were going to finish it as you rightly said the the bump that they both took on monday was like a holy shit type moment that would have totally worked <laughs> as perfect uh, uh, like... <laughs> um, obviously it got the crowd lit to watch the yeah, yeah, the yeah, pay-per-view yeah, yeah. Um, but then when you can't deliver on sort of like a a, 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 a even more satisfying finish for the last woman standing match, like this, this is the result that you'll get is like more disappointment. But my issue as well, and again, I know I'm different to most people. Uh, <laughs> come see even long term kind of WWE stuff, or even short term, and it's like before Bailey's injury, she was feuding with Belair. So now, in between, I think it was like Helen Sale, uh, she missed out or had the match there, and then you think about they face each other on paper, you know, like four or five times with. Bailey losing every time and you're thinking so if it goes to war games damage damage control win and then we kind of have a back in title contention or do they go somewhere else it's I'm not saying they've ruined Bailey by booking her in this way but again I know she's and this is the thing I know she's not kind of been pinned but 
we don't have to wait till the Rumble to see that. You know, like have it on Raw or, or something beforehand. Yeah, I, I I don't need this like continuously long doubt anymore uh, between Bailey and Bianca. I think there needs to be some form of break or something like that right now. Um, I just I don't want it to go stale. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, and sometimes like that can happen with feuds. So you do need to kind of remember that you've got a whole roster of women that you can kind of fish in between you know yeah. um so i hope that th- i hope that is not something that continues on for the next month up running up into royal rumble i still think there's going to be some form of fallout like we all know bailey in terms again i haven't seen raw so i don't know if what's been addressed yet but um like i know that i know that bailey's that type of person to be like oh that was like cheating or something like that you know she she's very quick with coming out and having an excuse as to why that wasn't a valid match or something. Mm. Uh, I just hope that we're not going to get this for the next ongoing weeks. Yeah. This is the thing, isn't it? And and as for War Games, we'll go on to the match at the second. I'll just talk about War Games. Could I have an idea for... This would probably be my dream War Games match, which would be, of course, um, Damage Control with Nikki, and you're going to hate this, but Charlotte returning... Taking on Oscar, uh, Belair, Lynch, Naomi, and Banks. Now, I guess they're not going to have three big returns like that. So we could replace Naomi and Banks yeah. with Lorraine and Bliss. And I think that we're probably looking at war games. I do expect um, Charlotte and Lynch should be back at any time. But Bliss is, uh, sorry, not Bliss, Belair's title reign for me has been really enjoyable. But she does need new challenges yeah. soon. Uh, personally, I think that if we're going to get any form of return to join the war games, it will be Charlotte because she's definitely kind of had a, a, the, the most amount of time off. And I do think that potentially we could have a Becky Lynch return during the Royal Rumble. Yeah. But the um, thing is, if Lynch comes back at the Rumble, then she'd be expected to Win, to win. yeah, and, yeah. And, and again, if we're looking at depending on what WrestleMania could hold out, but mm-hmm. plans change, like I said, but it could be interesting, yeah. Uh, but remember as well, Lynch f- hasn't actually faced Ronda, and if Ronda goes into WrestleMania as champion yeah, yeah, and Lynch yeah. wins the Royal Rumble, she could take she could take on Ronda. Yeah, well, the thing is at the moment, Jaxie, what we've got to remember is to write this shit down. Mm. When we do the year-end predictions, when we think about WrestleMania matches and we're yeah. going, right, Lynch versus... I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lynch this versus Ronda, really... you know, like... <laughs> like, just remember, you heard it here first, guys. We actually just, like, we're coming up with this on the spot, like, right here. <laughs> just as what we're going to do. So remember this predictions going forward. <laughs> um, what would you score the match out of five? Because, again, it was a really good match. Yeah, I really did like the match. So I am going to actually give it a 3.9 as well. Uh, The only reason why it's not getting higher than a 4 is because I really felt like the the ending was disappointing. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 4.5. I enjoyed this matchup too. There was a few moments that wasn't working in this match. But, you know, like I said, when you look at the effort both put in, I thought this was... Again, really, really good. Do I want to see it again? No. <laughs> From what I've seen, uh, it's been quite yeah. good. P- predictions. We all went Bailey. 
And Monty said, Bailey's last chance. If she loses again, I'm never betting against Bianca. <laughs> so you've yeah, heard. he did say that. Yeah, so we need to hold him to that. We we definitely need to hold him to that. Yeah, like Monty, what are you doing? No, 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 no. You have to choose Bianca. You said you're not going to bet against her. <laughs> Them's the rules. Uh, he, he's guaranteed the point at some point now. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but at the moment, depending on who we've gone for the main event, it is 4-3 still. I wonder if anybody's changed. And then we see Bray Wyatt making his entrance through his door on the stage, his lantern uh, as he created the Firefly effect with their phones. Of course, the chance we've seen this on SmackDown recently, uh, the past few weeks. And again, I'm not going to complain because... As you know, Jaxie, I love Bray Wyatt as well. And I, I can't stop buying feed wrestling figures. I really need to stop. Uh, but Wyatt came out and said he was from a very prestigious wrestling family. The first time he's ever mentioned. He said he wanted to be great since he was a young child. He said he wasn't great. Uh, he said great wasn't enough. He wanted to be greater than all of them. We uh, said he did what he thought he needed to. He, he said he gave in. He made a monster of himself. He didn't take long to figure out. He was no longer afraid and no longer felt pain when he was wearing his mask. He said some might say the sensation felt good. Uh, He said he found himself in a kingdom of nothingness. Another great line. Uh, He said Bill enjoyed him and ran off everyone. He said he was alone and nowhere. And they get a we love you chant broke out. And he says the thing is no one loves him. He said people love the idea of him and the thing he's capable of. I don't even love me, Wyatt said. He said, my name is Bray Wyatt. And he said it three times. He wanted to rewrite the ending to his story. And then all of a sudden we see a video played on the big screen. An Uncle Howdy character asks why wear a mask. He must uh, hurt forcing himself to be someone you're not. Howdy said you can't fool him and question who knows Wyatt better than he does. White will give in, and when he does, he wants him to remember how good it feels. If he said, if you're worried about the aftermath, hurt them. Just don't take the mask off. Howdy said, tell me I'm wrong. This is, I just could watch this. I could watch two hours of this. I don't know who Uncle Howdy is. I guess, you know, there's lots of theories, but I fucking love it. Uh, What are your thoughts on this Bray Wyatt at the moment in time? I mean, I'm invested, you know, uh, I, I was definitely shocked to see him come out at Crown Jewel. I wasn't expecting him. You know, they didn't do any form of announcement or anything for it. So I was definitely like, what are you doing here? But every single time that Bray is on the mic, he delivers. And he has a way of actually resonating with people. Um, it, I can only imagine what it w- would be like to like sort of hear one of his sort of uh, talks on uh, live, you know. Um, and gutted we didn't get a chance to see that at Clash of the Castle. But um, I, I'm, I'm I'm fully invested. I, I kind of am itching to know already who this Uncle Howdy is. Um, yeah, I want to see more. I, every time like it finishes, I'm just kind of like, no, wait, go back. We're not going to get into details. Because the thing is, I'm even, I said, but, you know, this uh, like Bray Wyatt appreciation thing. And it's broken my heart this p- couple of weeks because it's just like CM Punk in a way, where you'd wait so long for the wrestler for the return, and then there's infighting within the group, 
and people are, are actual, you know, argue with each other about who this person is, rather than just enjoying the fact Bray Wyatt's back. I don't care if it's um, Bo Dallas, as I said, with the earring got. Mm. If it's something to do, um, we've even going back with like the stalker, which again, if no one's seen that, is very, very interesting. Uh, like we said, there's so much history when it comes to Wyatt and his family. You know, uh, a lot of people, uh, it, it, there's, there's so much kind of, conjecture but that can only be a good thing as long as we don't argue with ourselves because we don't know what's going to happen exactly and i think this is exactly what wwe need to have fans invest in watching it week in and week out so you can't blame them for not giving everything away straight away but i'm enjoying the ride um i'm not too eager to find out who uncle howdy is yet um i'm enjoying these promos and would like to kind of see this story build a lot more um, and we'll kind of see where it, it takes us. Um, we all know Bray is a master at storytelling. So let him tell his story. Yeah. And the thing is, is <laughs> anybody wondering who it is, it's fully based off Barry Windham. Uh, and again, if no one knows Barry Windham, have a look and the stalker character he played compared to uh, with Bray as well. And you know what? I'm starting to like his new theme. And I, I didn't like it because I was like, no, this is shit. And then all of a sudden, the choir bit gets me, you know, when the, the group sing. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm going to be singing this song before too long. Of course, Bray yeah. doesn't have happy memories in Saudi Arabia, but we're glad he's back, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right, so now one more match left. The main event, Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Michael Cole said Roman has been pinned since December 15th. 2019 uh, and Reigns' title reign is up to 797 days. Cole was trying to play the one lucky punch. I was fucking not having any of it. Although the drones of both facing off was really cool. Like, I mean, I know Logan doesn't have that pronounced beard, but the drones, so I kind of let him off. You know? yeah. um, Reigns was confident. It didn't look like he was underestimating his opponent either. They locked up and the tribal chief powered him to the corner. They shoved the leech a little bit with Visby Anger, the champ. Logan scored a waist lock takedown to surprise Reigns. And the tribal chief began to big time pull to show who was in troll. The social media star did not give up and actually took the champ down a few times before clotheslining him out of the ring. As Paul began to get more confident, Heyman started to look worried. Can I just say... Right, because I really hated this main event. I really, really hated it. You have Reigns get attacked before Logan Paul dominates the action. You know, he's meant to be our champion for like two years and a guy was selling his fucking ass off for a YouTuber. You know, like the blockbuster, the buckshot Larry. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, Paul hit a few big right hands later in the match, including his own version of Superman punch with Roman just getting the shoulder up. So Drew pushed him to the edge and gets the same as Logan. Uh, The Usos came out to beat up Paul's entourage, who didn't really make a fucking difference in the match anyway. Uh, He put Reigns (laughs) through the announce table with a massive splash from the top rope. That was a good moment. This led to a bad moment, which was Jake Paul making his entrance to take out both Usos. Solo Sakar made an entrance and had to wait until the officials caught up with him to stop fighting. 
uh, with Jake. Logan took up both Usos with a dive. When he got back in, Reigns nailed him with a Superman punch, followed by a spear for the pin. It disgusts me that Reigns sold more for Paul than he did Big E, Cesaro, and so many more on his title reign. And it bored me as well. Don't get me wrong. Logan put in a performance, but so can Shane McMahon. All right? Give me the money and I'll get in fucking shape. Jackson, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, sort of from a highlight point of view, obviously Logan Paul did well, but this was all because Roman Reigns, as you said, put him over so well. Um, it, it's, it's hard because there were highlights in this match that I felt were good. Um, but I ultimately, I I just still feel like Logan Paul had no real right to be even in the ring with Roman. Um, this isn't coming from a, oh, I'm a fan of the Tribal Chief sort of point of view, but uh, the amount of matches Logan's had and everything like that, none of it has warranted him ever to even have the right to challenge for the title. So, when watching this match and watching how much Roman was putting him over, uh, I really was like, why? You know, mm. again, I, all I see is a self-entitled prick that's just being handed everything. And he didn't even deserve this match. So, the, yeah, look, there were some good moments for, for, for Logan Paul in this match. I'm not actually trying to come across too better um he did perform a really good uh buckshot lariat was it as good as hangman pages no it wasn't but it was decent um i i don't know right okay jake paul coming out bruv why weren't you in the front with the rest of the entourage watching your brother live and up close why were you in the back do you think if my sister was in the ring having a match with the main event, main title holder, I'd be sat in the back. That baffled me. I'm sorry, bruv, what are you doing in the back there? So, like, that was my whole issue. I couldn't even get into sort of him coming out and chatting shit with making the... Overall, I just felt like this was like a really sort of like entertaining match for people that love Logan Paul. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I said, we haven't got 30 million fucking followers on YouTube or whatever it is. And WWE will bend over frontwards and take it from any celebrity or mm-hmm. sports star or anybody. We've seen it. in it. That's my rule, Jaxie. As you know, when it comes to celebrity, the celebrity always wins. Obviously, it wasn't going to happen in this one. But it really did piss me off. And I know people go, well, it's fucking it's wrestling. It's not real anyway. But... We are meant to hold Roman to the highest standard. And like yeah. I said, that cunt was selling even after the match, like his jaw. Mm. And, and I'm going, it's Logan fucking Paul. Like, and then I had this horrible vision of the Paul, Paul brothers beating the Usos. And I thought, oh, Jane, fuck me. Jane, because of like, that did cross my mind. And if that fucking ever happens, I'm sorry. I'm t- I'll be taking a break for a while. Well, I'll be coming off of Twitter. I'm. I'll be coming off of Twitter for a while. I won't. I won't be able to like not 
ha- like I'll have a, a major grudge and I would not want to become one of those people that just continuously bad mouths, but I will need to come off of Twitter for a while. Yeah. The, the thing is, uh, we're, we're lucky it's not going to happen, but first I want to make a point. And it's all these people that have ever said, like, especially with me, oh, you don't, you're not harsh with WWE as you are with other wrestling companies. Well, first off, you must not listen to the show, you know. But like I said, with this, you, you can't not. There's no excuse to cut. And again, I understand people might find it enjoyable, but this ain't right, you know. But luckily for us, when it comes to Logan Paul, he has announced that he suffered a torn meniscus, MCL, and a potential ACL during his match. I guess the buckshot Larry is just cursed, you know. Just do, don't, don't hit that move. Uh, yeah. and, but WWE will love it because the jump through the announce table has had over 40 million views. So they got what they wanted. Yeah, of course they did. Makes me fucking sick. It really does. It's meant to be a story. Build up a challenger. Oh, here's a YouTuber with a few views. Lucky punch. There you go. It's just... It, and now we're not going to get a range match, and a singles range match, probably to the Rumble. You know? Like, yeah, probably not. Why waste it? Well, and I'm not saying Drew to win, but again, build people up. Like it's not. Yeah, like where where was the build up for Logan Paul? It's just not. It's not great. And again, good performance, but Shane McMahon used to put in good performances. And look what happened at the start of this year. You know, I know people mm. forget. Yeah. But even his dad don't want to be a part of it anymore. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm being harsh, but God damn it, it does piss me yeah. off. Especially when you invest. I know. am harsh, but I have I have spoken my views on uh, the Paul brothers oh, before and sort of their lack of sensitivity and, you know, the sort of trouble that they've gotten in. So I, I'm not trying to hide my dislike for them. I, I think their work ethic is commendable. Um, you know, he's definitely dipping in and out of trying different things, um, you know, and doing doing well in certain areas as well. But he's just not someone that I ho- I hold respect for. So no, I, I could give a fuck. Like you said, the <laughs> only reason that we kind of review this, even Saudi Arabia and fucking Logan Paul main event, it's just to complete the set of WWE pay per views. You know, and I just like you said, it will be a dark day in wrestling when the Paul brothers win the titles, and I'm sure they'll bring you know people over to the product, but they'll only stick for that one event. And not for the long term. They'll never learn their lesson. What are you going to score that match out of five, though? I'm going to give it a three and a half. I wasn't even invested, really, in it. I knew Roman was going to win. I just didn't really feel the need for this match in the first place, so... I'm trying to be fair here. No, no, that's what I was thinking. Uh, I, I like my score a little bit. Three and three quarters, because again, it's a Roman Reigns mm. title match, but, you know, it's still, it leaves a, a, a taste in my mouth, you know? Um, mm. Predictions, we all went for Reigns. Um, the thing is, Reigns needed Solo to come out and help him, and that's what happened to Drew at Clash. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm just sick, right? That's all, that's all it is. I'm sick and tired. Uh, <laughs> predictions. I'm still not over it. All went rains. So the final scores, James Jackson, Monty on five. 
Gina on four. So how does that change the W Pay-Per-View League? Well, I go level with Gina on five points and Jaxi and Monty are on seven each. So that means with one WWE pay-per-view left, which is Survivor Series, Gina and I can no longer win the WWE pay-per-view league, and it is a straight shootout between Monty and Jaxi. Jaxi, do you feel confident? Not really, no. Monty's Monty's really really good at kind of uh, being that that silent player that sort of comes out of the woodwork at the final <laughs> second. And takes the win and snags that win, you know. So I, I got some work to do. I got some, uh, like you know, some some wrestling to kind of really focus on now, and really like get analytical with this shit. <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing is about it is, is the consistency when it comes to it. And like I said, the NXT uh, predictions last time we knew that was a one-off because of what you you know haven't seen in NXT. So with Survivor Series, with the bloodline involved, it is literally, like I said, between the two of you, going to be so important. And are we going to see any chances taken? Again, who knows? Uh, but overall tonight, the crown jewel, um, what was your match of the night? Um... It's tough, isn't it? It's, it's tough. Um, yeah, I'll say what you've rated. One. You've put um, the Bobby Brock and the women's tag as the same. So yeah. between the two of them. Uh, oh, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to go with the Lesnar-Brock match. And that's because of like the end didn't, didn't, didn't annoy me near enough as much as the... Oscar and Alexa match. Yeah, I'm going to go last women standing match um, for Crown Jewel. MVP, even though I just slated him, Logan Paul did put on a good performance. So he's the MVP of the night. But then again, anybody who's athletic with that training can do that type of matchup. And again, people are going to be like, oh, fuck you. But it's been proven. You know, that's, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, um, who, I, who think, I think I'll, um, I'm going to go with Omos as my MVP. Oh, I think he right. really like yeah. he really excelled and he really shone in his match. Um, and I think he's put the work in and it paid off during this match. So I'm going to give him MVP of the night. Do you know what? I should have gone Omos as well. <laughs> to give you, know what? you really should have. No, I, really I will happily allow you to change your mind because of I don't know why you were given that dick at the MVP uh, title anyway. He doesn't need anything else handed down to him. Yeah, I'm going to go Omos because him shouting yeah, smack to Braun during that match was great. Come on, motherfucker. You know what I mean? All that kind of shit. I loved it. It was yeah. brilliant. Like, uh, So, yeah, Omos is my MVP. Rating out of 10, Jaxie. I mean, it, the, 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 it was all right, you know? So I'm, I'm going to give it a, a, a 6.5. Yeah, like I said, it was all right, wasn't it, you know? Uh, I, I won't be as harsh. I'll give it eight and a quarter. But I will never, ever, I can guarantee, apart from maybe... I think that's maybe why I watched Bobby and Brock twice. Because I, I'm never watching this show ever again. <laughs> you know, I'm never... <laughs> Ever, you know, it's setting up the network. Go, yeah, yeah. Let's watch Crown Jewel twenty twenty two. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't feel any like sort of real pull to to put it back on myself, really. But that is it. Like I said, we won't do any raw notes or anything like that because obviously we don't want to spoil it for Jaxie. But who would have believed that happened? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, but... God. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but that is it for today. Don't forget, of course, all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. You can find the entire WNR team on Twitter. Banner. Jaxie, where can people find you? Um, across both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlet. Yeah, Dubbin are also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. YouTube at Podcast for all latest clips and podcasts got the same time on YouTube they do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, we talk about W pay-per-views. It's going to get even hotter because it's the last AEW show, pay-per-view of the year. And as you know, we are so tight in that prediction league. It is unbelievable. Uh, We'll be here with the entire team November 19th live. Jaxie, are you ready for AEW? I mean, I feel like it's been a while since we've had like... um... Uh, an AEW pay-per-view so I'm totally ready for this um I just hope it's going to be like filled with a lot of decent content yeah well <laughs> Jackson, I don't want to put any extra pressure on you but you need to win to stop me winning outright so again you're going into two shows knowing that a win would uh, yeah, win for both would win both leagues eh? come on Jackson. I'm up against both Monty and you. I've got some work to do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Gina's at home going, you pricks. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm still here, guys. Ah, we'll see what happens next year. But <laughs> what? She'll be the underdog, and she'll come out on top, beating us all of us next year. Watch. Oh my god! Well, no, it's, it's when she gets like bonus points and stuff like this. We year end predictions, she gets like fifty out of fifty. She'll be the one that cashes in on Austin Theory actually, like you know, running in or whatever. Or has that already happened? I. You, 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 I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm leaving it there. I'm leaving it there. See, just as you saying, I don't know if um, like he's done it on a pay per view that, and I've just completely disregarded no, that again. He's still, he's still yeah, got yeah. the briefcase. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, I didn't know if I just kind of like skipped past him, like actually cashing it in then. Yeah. But I don't remember him doing that. So yeah, who knows? Maybe Gino will come out on top with like predicting that. <laughs> Well, maybe. Who knows what could happen? It's so difficult uh, to predict, like we said. But we have got these shows lined up. You need to watch Raw as well. So you can yeah, I'm going to go and, and put it straight on, straight after this. So, um, yeah, I'll be catching straight up. I've just, you know, it's really tough when it's on it, it over in America, but at a decent time. But for us in the UK, it's like 1 a.m. start. And then I'm at work all day. So. Well, like I said, I know it's, tough. it's the same with me as well, trying to catch up. But I will mm. say you will message me once you have watched it. Uh, I, I always message you my thoughts on, on stuff. So, yeah, get ready for it. Yeah, well, this is it. That's it from today. That is for Crown Jewel. 
Uh, I have been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jatsy Scarlett. See, you and I, it's like riding a bike. You never forget. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like, what's the, what's the two bike called? Oh, um, yeah, they're, they're, Duo, but don't put me on the spot for fuck's sake. I'm just... <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember the name for it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's a. Uh... Hang on a minute. Uh, let me see. Doesn't fucking tell me. I've googled it and it doesn't tell me. But I know exactly what you're talking about. There are people listening to this screaming at time. Go. Why don't you know it's called a. But we don't. It, it, look, we're put under pressure now, okay? We can't concentrate <laughs> under this type of pressure. <laughs> I know. It's such a simple thing as well. Uh, but anyway, that is it, like I said. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And bye. Bye. bye.